Holiday Let Success, episode 23. The Definitive Guide to Holiday Let Success. From interviews with successful holiday homeowners and industry experts to useful and usable ideas, resources and discussion. Hello and welcome to the Holiday Let Success podcast. I'm your host as always, Elaine Watt, and it is great to be here. Thank you so much for joining me. I am very pleased to say that I had a second opportunity to talk to Thibaut Masson. Thibaut was such a star last time I spoke to him. Today, we really get the chance to delve quite deeply into his world as a vacation rental owner of a very luxury series of properties in some very beautiful locations across the world. Now, he's going to share with us today some of his experiences of how to treat guests, how to take feedback, how to use that feedback to the, to his advantage, privacy, how to use your own website for attracting future guests, some of the different channels that he uses to attract bookings. And we also get to talk about how to manage your team. So if you're maybe at a distance from your property and you have a team of cleaners, potentially people who do the sheets for you. So say an external laundry company, if you ever use anybody to do an airport pickup, how to manage all of these different areas. And we, we delve quite deeply into that today. He shares a lot of powerful insights on how the boutique hotel industry are modeling themselves on us, the vacation rental and holiday home industry, because they want to instill the personal touch that we can put into place. More about that in this episode. If you would like to have a read and link through to Tebow's different sites, places that you can connect with him, Twitter, Facebook, and some of his websites, head on over to holidayletsuccess.com and you'll be able to have a read through today's show notes and reach out to me or reach out to Tebow if you'd like to start connecting with him. And I would, of course, as always, love to hear from you and your experiences in any of the areas that we talk about today or indeed any area in your holiday let business. I just love talking holiday rentals. So I hope you enjoyed the show and I will speak to you again soon. Thanks so much for listening. Okay, so Thibaut, how is it that you go about asking for feedback from your guests and how do you use that feedback to attract future guests? I have several ways to ask for feedback. First way is quite traditional but very useful is the guest book. In each villa there's a guest book where people can leave their impressions for about, uh, about the villa. Um, I try to make it personal. Every time I come, I drop to buy a villa, I do leave a note, answer people's questions, and tell what's new in the villa, what, what, what I've done differently this time. And people tend to answer. It, it's always very interesting because it's a way for me to collect feedback or understand why they bought the villa, what they liked, what can be improved. And of, of course, for the, um, the people I... I um, got bookings directly from, uh, I always think a thank you note and ask for feedback. And if their feedback is positive, then I ask them to give me a review, review because I, I'm not sure, you know, I don't, I, I don't quite like asking for a review to people who are not totally satisfied for whatever reason. 
Uh, yeah, I understand that. So feedback is useful for me to improve the services or to say, oh, maybe we need to buy an additional board game or maybe we need to buy, um, you know, this kind of uh, change the brand of the soap, uh, of the product toiletries in, in, a, in a bedroom. Or It's always useful to improve the product itself and also to for me to understand what they were looking for and maybe emphasize this in my blog post, for example. Uh, for example, emphasize more about events, parties, celebrations uh, for people who come to St. Bart's and uh, have a bigger emphasis on, on rom- being romantic uh, for Bali. It's really what I can get from, from the uh, feedback from my guests. Yeah, it sounds like you're using it to a re- in a really good way as well and to, ad- to your advantage so that you can actually improve the experience for future guests as well as, of course, getting the reviews on the website, which will attract more guests. Yes, exactly. Sadly, I should do better work at getting reviews, but it, it's actually really hard to get people to write something. I, I'm always amazed people can collect, that can collect lots of reviews. It's, <laughs> it's really hard for me. I don't know why. No, I I understand. I think once people have finished their holiday, they're you know they're talking about it, they're they're debriefing sort of with their friends and they're chatting away and they're maybe thinking about next time, but they're not actually thinking about contacting with you again yeah, at that time. So what, I, I I do understand that. I agree. And actually, when it comes to Airbnb, for example, I said I said that earlier that the uh, on Airbnb the smaller villa in Bali does really well and. By the way Airbnb is built, uh, by the spirit of it, it means that people do leave reviews because that's the Airbnb way. And it's just automatic. It's like almost every time somebody stays at the villa through Airbnb, they leave a review because Airbnb really pushes you to leave a review. Uh, unlike, I don't know, like Holiday Lettings, where it's up to you to contact the the, um, the guest and get the guest to uh, write something. Um, Airbnb is doing a way better job because the whole Airbnb experience relies on reviews on either you reviewing the guest or the guest reviewing you as the host. So yeah. it's also it also has to do with the way the sites are built. And um, so reviews are intrinsic, intrinsic to the uh, Airbnb experience. That's why I'm getting reviews all the time. Uh, and on the, on the other hand, too, I must say that some, something that I have noticed is that with the uh, the more private luxury villas I have, it's it might be um, hard for for some people to leave a review because they, they maybe do not want their name out there or they want to don't want to share so much. There, they're happy to write in a guest book, but maybe not so happy to write online. I mean, they, they're not about sharing their private lives. Um, a detail I can share with you is that the, uh, originally in, in Bali, I had the idea, we tried this twice, to have a photographer come over. It's not too expensive in Bali. And take, a, take photos, professional photos, beautiful photos of the guests at the villa, and, you know, so that I could then send them a book. Because I had the book of, uh, as, a, as a souvenir. I got this idea from Antonio Bartolotti. And, and actually, my guests were like, photographer? No, no. Because they're like, uh, they don't feel comfortable and probably not, not too sure what you're going to do with photos. So when you sell something very private, it's kind of hard then to ask people to share the word because 
I've noticed that these kind of people do not like taking selfies or, or you know, making obvious where they are. It's it's very interesting. So you know, word of mouth has to be actual word to mouth, an actual mouth. It's not so much online with kind of people. So it's kind of tricky for me to uh, get them to do my own marketing, but that's the way it is. Yeah, I understand. And uh, yeah, it's a fantastic idea to offer the, the photography in a book, but I, I can understand that each to their own, there's going to be some people who would be absolutely, would love something like that. And there's other people slightly more private, maybe don't really want to put it out there exactly where they've been. And, and yeah, I can see some, some choosing to sort of step back from that, especially in such a, you know, a luxury situation where they do go for that privacy. So mm-hmm. great idea. Another great idea from Antonio. Antonio there. <laughs> all, all kudos to him. <laughs> so you've got some really, really good pointers and ways for people to use reviews there. So how important is having your own website for owners today, would you say? If, if an owner wants to uh, get bookings, when he or she wants to get bookings directly, uh, it is very key to have a, a website. I didn't have a website for my for my villas when I was using the agencies because I was like, well, it's the agency's job to do it. I'm not sure, and the and the, and the occupancy was 100%, so I didn't see a point. But now that I'm, I'm um, I won't have my own bookings directly. It is key, uh, not only because, of course, through the site itself, people can see the calendar and get in touch with me, know way more about me. I can I can I can share my own story so they can trust me. I can post uh, different um, press clippings about the villa so to make them trust me some more. Um, it's actually um, it's actually also uh, interesting if you do advertise through listing sites because uh, if you put the name of your villa or your name of your property on the listing site, some people will take that name and Google it and will probably end up on your own site. So um, having your own website means that you can then get use those uh, other sites to advertise for you and get the benefit of getting a direct booking. So having your own website is sort of uh, also your own hub. What I mean for social media, for example. I mean, if you think that maybe having your a Facebook page is useful for you or a Twitter account or something like this, it does mean that you want to, you just don't want to be just on Facebook or Twitter. You want people to go through Facebook, Twitter to somewhere. And this somewhere better be your own website because imagine you uh, direct people on Twitter, Facebook to your listing on, say, uh, Homely Days, for example, which is a European website. Well, Homely Days had been acquired by HomeAway, and recently they changed the whole structure. So the links changed. So it means that you, on your social media and around, you pointed to a website that changed a lot, and maybe the links are broken. Or even maybe you used to advertise on, on one listing site and you stopped advertising. It means that the links you put uh, you shared are no longer uh, active. So better have your own website and whenever you are communicating, talking to friends or, I don't know, even going to an event or going to uh, 
I know if you go to your local tourist, tourism office and try to get them to list you, it's, it's better to have them list the, uh, web, the address of your own website than the, uh, the complicated address of a, uh, your home away listing, for example. Yeah, and in your case, that sounds like it would look a lot more professional as well for you to go to your own website, especially with such a, a luxury and the sort of a privacy that you offer. They can sort of check that out a little bit more by being in touch with you, don't you feel? Yeah, yes, exactly, because, again, it's, it's really a question of trust. These people are, they're far away, I'm far away, and they want to make sure there's somebody waiting for them at the airport, and they're going to shell out... Um, thousands of pounds of, of euros of dollars to and they want to make sure that I do exist and again having your own website maybe allows you to have for example a blog uh, where you can you know talk about the latest things you don't have to blog every day but you can say oh here are the latest improvements or you can do some kind of destination marketing which which just means talking about things that are around your home because you never know, you know, people might be looking for, for example, if there's a specific uh, fair or event happening next to your home, you can totally write about this event and so that when people Google and search for this local event, they find more information about it on your blog and you just happen to be able also to host them. So it might be actually a clever way too to uh, use your site to have some content that can attract um uh, potential guests. Okay, so somebody that's looking in your area for a particular event, say it's a cycling event, which is quite a large event, if you've spoken about that on your website, whilst they are searching for that event, it's quite likely that Google is going to pick up that you've been talking about at your website as something relevant and will bring that up in the search results and they're more likely to find you. Exactly. I mean, I'm taking the case of St. Bart's. We have the boat races, like the St. Bart Bucket every year. It's a huge event, and you know, uh, people come, of course, in teams. Um, some stay on the boat, but most don't stay in the boat. Most rent a villa, and they come with friends and family. It's a big market, so why don't write about this race? Because this, this race brings people who have to stay somewhere. And you have a big house like myself with four bedrooms, that's eight people. You can, you can host part of a team in your house. So it, it just makes business sense. You, you, it allows you to target the kind of people who would stay in your house. Or say you have a very cute bed and breakfast somewhere, um, and there's a, I don't know, like a book fair or something that attracts the kind of people who stay in your house, it might be relevant to talk about it. Of course, it's very hard to uh, appear really high in the results of Google, but just produce this one piece of content and and publish a link to it on Twitter, Google Plus, and the rest. And this should, you know, hopefully get you some business. Yeah, understood. Good, good advice. So with websites, let's move on to locations. How did you find and choose the locations of your properties? Uh, it's, it's always been a lot about uh, falling in love with a uh, with view. Um, we touched upon that earlier, I think. Um, yeah. Um, Sinbart, Sinbart, Sinbart. Um, um, it's it's really about again the view, and uh, I I didn't know much about Sinbart. I happened actually to be in Saint Martin, the neighbor island location, and there was and um, I arrived for the second time in Saint Martin, and at the airport there was a a small sign saying um, 
gate to St. Bart's. I'm like, why not? Let's give it a try. And that was about <laughs> 15 years ago, and the time the airport was tiny, and you could actually book, uh, get it, get it, buy your ticket just right there at the counter and, and, and board. I bought this very tiny 10-seater plane to go to St. Bart's. It's very, if you Google St. Bart's landing, or, and you, you can see videos on YouTube that are very scary because it's the second, I think it's the second shortest airstrip in the world. Uh, it's between a big hill and the sea, so it's uh, quite a uh, surprising uh, landing, very uh, emotional, but I just love it. So I fell in love with this island because it's just, you know, and again, to me it was easy to buy a house there because it's France, and the way that I know the laws when it comes to buying a property, I'm very familiar with it because it's my own laws. Even though St. Bart's now is sort of semi-independent, and they've changed some of the laws, but it's still France, so it was, I kind of knew what to expect. Uh, whereas Indonesia, I, I, some friends of mine had, had built a villa nearby, uh, where we are right now, where I'm right now, and I walked on the beach from their place, and I found this piece of land, and fell in love with the view on a black, white sand beach, and I'm like, well, I had not planned to be in Bali, that was not the plan, and I just fell in love with that. So that's, uh, that's really hard to the properties. Uh, but I must say that if my friends had not brought some land and built a villa here in Bali before me, I would never ever have done it because, because they had done it, then I thought I could rely on their own experience, on their own lawyer, on their own notary, on their own, um, on the way they structured, their, their architect, Anyway, I, I thought I had a kind of base for me to uh, get started because it's far away. The laws are very different. So again, if you think about buying something overseas, it's uh, I guess it's it's better if you follow the steps of somebody else. Yeah. So follow the when somebody's already taken those steps, and it, it's part of doing the research before you actually dive in head first. And you were very very lucky that you'd actually had exactly sort of a blueprint really from one of your friends that you could you could follow step by step so yeah that's very good advice just do do your research before you dive in head first and it sounds like everything has worked out brilliantly for you so that's absolutely great so you are we've talked a lot about you being at a great distance away from the property how do you manage uh, keep finding and keeping reliable staff I know that this is an area where lots of holiday homeowners really struggle with how do you go about that well it's a it's a great question because obviously I'm not there I'm not um, whenever there are guests in the house obviously I'm not there and most often I'm not even in the same country in the same hemisphere <laughs> I'm really far away um, so I don't think of uh, my people as my staff I think they're my employees uh, I, I treat them just like treating my employees, my former business. It was a internet business with people at desks. They were employees. I treat them the same because to me they are, I mean, they are the contact between the, um, they are the interface with this way. They are the interface between the guests and me. And they make, I promise things on my emails. Uh, we'll do this, we'll do that, pick you up at the airport, you have this, nice romantic dinner by the pool with candles as you requested. I promise things they make 
my employees make the promise come true so they're key, they're absolutely key. Um, so to me, they're, they're really my employees in the way that I, I think that then they have to be trained, uh, they have to be rewarded. Um, for example, in Bali, I give, I share uh, a success with our staff and I give them 5% of the booking value or in 5% also of the, um, of the, all the meals or the services we sell. Um, you know, I much prefer giving them 5% uh, and have them happy to have guests than just uh, being, uh, having a standard, um, uh, how to say that, uh, fixed revenue. Because it means that they are happy to have guests around and they are associated with our business. And what I do too, I actually have meetings with them whenever I'm here. I'm lucky because, again, I live in my houses also some of the time. It means I have time to meet them, to train them, to have actual meetings. So I, I've started learning. I learn Indonesian. And so I can have a basic meeting with the staff, you know, basic enough to be able to say thank you and to uh, thank every employee for one specific task they've done. I usually have a talk with the manager before the event, before the meeting, and say, can you pinpoint something this every person did? So I'm able to mention that thing this person did. Um, at the meeting and I ask them to give me some feedback, which is not easy because the culture in Indonesia is <laughs> it's very hard for them to uh, say something during a meeting when I suggest oh, anything to improve because they think suggesting improvement is, is criticizing the boss. So, But then they come up, they go to the manager and because then it is, uh, they know I'm, I'm, I want to hear from them. So it's, it's, it's very important. What I do too in Bali, every every Wherever I, I mean, if I'm in St. Bart's, every week I still have a Skype meeting with my Bali um, manager. So that I, I know what's going on, if something's wrong in the house, something needs to be replaced. And same for uh, St. Bart's. St. Bart's have this, uh, she's, uh, she's a maid, but she's more than a maid. I trust her. For example, I have a rule, which is if there's something broken in the house, and it's worth under 200 euros, let's say 200, $250, she can just go and replace it. I mean, I, I'm, I'm far away, and the coffee machine is broken. I trust her. She's been working for me for 10 years. She can go and buy it. Of course, then she's going to send me the invoice. It's, no, it's, it's good accounting. But she can go and buy it. She doesn't need me to buy a new, you know, if a, a pillow is missing or it has been stained. She needs to buy one. She can go ahead and buy one. I trust her enough after ten years. But you need to yeah. retain the. We need to retain the right people. So make sure, make sure you pay them well. And uh, in Bali, for example, you have to respect the fact that Bali is a very religious island. It's the whole point of Bali. You come to Bali to see the temples, the the, the intricate ceremonies, and the uh, the puppet shows. All this is linked to religion. So you have to understand that your staff. Is going to have a lot of outrageous holidays, even more than the even more holidays than the French, and I, I know what I'm talking about here. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a tip for you. Um, I mean, if somebody hires somebody, a key in Bali is never hire people from the all people from the same village, uh, because if they're going to have a celebration in the village, everybody from the village has to go. So it means that all your employees will be gone. So make sure you have a diverse crew from, di from several villages. 
to make sure that you know they can uh, uh, they can they can be there. So it's very um, so having staff is key. Training is key. Um, English they they have to speak English here. It's 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 tricky. We are really in the countryside in Bali, and not everybody speaks English. So it's uh, I try to train them as much as I do, but you know, Bali's people are smiling, and guests are understand that not everybody's bilingual. So so it's pretty pretty okay. So. Um, Having great employees and uh, having them associated with success is key. And, and also, you have to fire people quickly. I mean, if there's something happening, just fire people. Because anyway, it's something, it's, it's the way Bali is too. You know, if a Balinese employee is not happy, he will leave or she will leave. Just like this, the same day. Uh, I'm gone. And that's the way right. it is. It's just... And um, yeah, it happened to me actually. There, give you the example of, of uh, employees who left just in a few hours. It's the security guard and his wife. They were staying here all night. It was supposed to stay all night, but one day he came to me. He's like, "Well, I think the the spirits here are too dangerous. They're threatening us too much, and I don't feel I don't like the vibe. I'm going." And I was like, "Well, don't go. Let's let's talk about it. The manager is not here. He's." He's down. He's in town at the other villa. He come back tomorrow morning. Let's talk about it. But you know what? The, that evening he was already gone. That's that's the way Bali is. People leave if they're happy. So wow. it's 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 hard, but in the same way, it means that if you want to fire people, it's okay. It's part of the culture. And you fire people and leave the same day. You you know it's uh. Again, you don't do that in France <laughs> with French employees. <laughs> but you have to understand no. your employees also, of course, have uh, uh, behaviors that are intrinsic to the country where they live. Yeah, same. I would say the same for the UK. Definitely, you you wouldn't be able to just say goodbye on day. You know that same day. So it's really interesting to hear that you've learned so much in the location that you're in, and a lot of those. Things like talking about the villages and making sure that people come from different villages. It sounds like you're speaking from experience there <laughs> to find that suddenly all of your staff are just gone. So, yeah, very, very interesting. I think the key thing that I've got from talking to you about how to have the right employees is that you've really identified that it's a team and you've created a team environment by rewarding for, you know, the percentages of the sales. That means you're, they, they are, they're part of the team, they're part of the business. It, it's in their interest to, to do this work and to treat the guests right. And it's in yours as well. And it's all interlinked. And I think the way that you've identified that and really put that into place is just great and a really good way for people who are listening to really try and take that model. It means I have to be very, very, very transparent with my team, which, you know, I understand that some owners might be uncomfortable with the idea. But again, that's what I used to do with my former company. Uh, if I give them 5% of revenues, it means that they have to know what the revenues are. Okay? But actually, that's good, I think, because it, it shows them who's bringing the revenues, which is me. Uh, they understand. So I share with them what I'm doing, the, the PR effort, the, the, uh, the outreach, all I'm doing, and how I get the commissions. So then they understand what I'm doing. And uh, if I spend my days in front of the computer and swimming while they work hard in the garden, it's not because I'm not doing nothing. It's not because it's because I'm I'm working to bring the money to, for the team and for themselves. So I think it's transparency actually have them understand what what 
what I'm doing, if, even if to them it's a bit uh, um, esoterical, a bit theoretical. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, good advice there. Thank you. So when we were touching earlier on the, the different blogs that you have and the way that you talk to people about the area we, we touched on, if it is a cycling event, then it might be found for that. You think that that's really, really important to tell people about the area, but also to, to put the expectations in place about exactly what it is that they're getting in the property. How do you go about that? Now, I think, Elaine, you had the right word. It's all about expectations. Um, if people arrive in my Bali beach retreat expecting uh, a big resort or somewhere close to bars, trendy bars, restaurants, very close to Seminyak where all the action is, they're going to be really disappointed. They're going to have a bad experience. They're not going to be happy. They're not going to be probably not be nice with my staff and they're going to leave me a bad review. I don't want those guests. Uh, so that's why sometimes I actually tell guests, well, from, from what I can read in your email, I think you'd be better off maybe in my smaller villa downtown, close to bars and restaurant, or maybe I point them now to uh, another property because they're going to be more happy. So it's all about expectations. Um, they're going to be driving far away, coming from far away. So I want them to, to understand what it's going to be like. Uh, well, sort of in a positive way, make them dream about it. I want them to really want to uh, soak in the uh, in the tub that's made of uh, uh, lava stone from Bali, and with the view on the cliff, on the on the, on the shore, with on the waves crashing at the foot of the uh, of the cliff where the house is. I want them to dream about it. It's expect expectations, but they should know what's there, what's not there. Same way. So um, the blogs, realbay.com and singbot.com both serve that. They, they kind of tell them that, well, in the area, if you want to have a very nice lunch in the rice paddies, it's 25 minutes away. It's called Balimbing. And my driver, uh, because we when they book the villa, they have a, for including the price, they have a driver with a car. The driver can take you there. And you could have wonderful lunch. Let us do that for you. And, and the beach, the surf beach is 25 minutes away. So it's about expectations and making sure they, they're not disappointed. Excellent advice. So it's really uh, not being afraid to, to say to this person who's inquiring that, no, it's not going to be for them. Just on that, something that popped into my mind, do you have a relationship with any of the other villa owners on the island? Uh, the answer is yes. Uh, the answer is yes, because um, uh, we know when I'm booked, I'm booked, and I'm, uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't build a <laughs> second house because I got a second booking for the very same date. Obviously, like every, it's the same, I think we all had the same problem. Um, but, you know, we are in an area that's a bit far away from the rest, so I have lunch with my, uh, with either the owners or the managers, I take my bike, uh, I go there early morning, we have a chat, we have a drink, um, a fine glass of, uh, of the juice, mango juice. And, and then I always tell them, if I'm booked, I'm going to refer people to you because your house is, is similar. I mean, uh, it's, uh, for, the, for the villas, that can be similar because some, like the one that's closest to me, about five miles away from here, it's for, 
it's for 14 people, so it's big. It's really big. It's huge, so it's not it's not going to be good for one single couple. But there are other villas around. It makes sense to me that we help out each other for several reasons. Uh, I can make guests happy by recommending another villa that's not booked. And second, I mean, of course, first thing I do when somebody asks me, I'm like, uh, can you change your dates? If you do change your dates, I will give you free a free meal and free massages at the house. You know, I'm not I'm not crazy. I just don't give away business, right? Um, but um, I think it's useful because we're so far away. It's, it kind of helps us market each other the destination. It's a uh, it's important to market the destination. Also, it means that whenever I ask an, uh, a neighbor for some recommendation or like, do you know a yoga trainer that's good or a personal trainer that's pretty good? They're far more okay with sharing with me the services that they use for their own villa, which makes sense in the end for us because there are only a few people providing services so far away. So we, I'm glad when I get a good recommendation on somebody who's great for my guests because uh, it helps me. So it's very important to network with your, your neighbors. So that's an excellent proactive way that wherever you are, I know it works particularly well where you are because there is such limited accommodation, but actually that's something that any holiday homeowner can do is find another holiday homeowner locally and buddy up, network, as you say, and it's another way of getting another income stream, another way of bringing guests in. So that's really another good tip. Now, you share a lot of rental tips on your Twitter account as well. But moving on, what is your biggest ongoing struggle in your business? I think the biggest challenge I have is, is really being able to convey the uniqueness of each uh, villa. We talk about unique selling points, but it's very hard to make people understand that. It's like you turn your head to the left, it's a black sand beach, white sand beach. And to the right, rice, rolling rice paddies. And it's... It's unique because usually these these two kind of landscapes not coexist. So it's it's hard to convey, and I'm trying with words, with photos, and sometimes video. So it's 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 hard to convey, and so the value of it is, of course, people always say. I was reading this morning a uh, the customer the book, um, the, the guest book of people, and they were like, uh, we were looking at photos online, we had some expectation, and. Uh, we were blown away. It was way better than what we thought. And I'm like, well, I'm happy they had a good expectation. I'm happy they had a good experience. But at the same time, I'm like, uh-oh, does it mean that I'm not able to convey enough the value of the place? Is it? So it's um, twitched third. I mean, twitched third. I, I, I never too much know how to convey that uniqueness because privacy is... I mean, you can, you can convey the... It's very easy to say, I have two beds. And uh, here's what the bed looks like. And I have a kitchen. And I have uh, a, a flat screen TV. That's easy. But privacy, um, memories, um, um, happiness, and calm, it's, you have to be there. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's a challenge, but it also makes it interesting because it forces me to imagine how to build, you know, diaporama, photo sliders, or our videos or using a GoPro of me swimming in a long pool to convey the feeling what it's like to be swimming and flying over the pool at the same time. So it's, you have to be creative. It's, uh, I like this challenge, but it's not easy. 
Yeah, it's good. That means it does it from from what you said, it forces you to think of other ways to really get across how unique the experience is over there. Because it's very, very difficult to imagine. And, and yeah, if you can use all these different types of media, video, slideshare, anything that you can think of, photographs, then, yeah, I think that's a really good, a good thing that it's forcing you to do, really, because all of those are so, really, it's a lot of the future of the vacation rental industry, I feel. So what advice would you give to someone just starting out in the vacation rental industry? I think the, the best advice I could do is um, try to understand who your target is, who your ideal customer is. Again, it might sound very simple, basic, but just sitting down and writing down who these people are, who are they, what they like, what their emotions are, what they're looking for, their fears what they want to avoid when picking a place or what they want to find and what kind of emotion they want to have after staying with you, it really helps you um, find the right tone when you write your, your listing, for example, the text in your listing. Are you talking to a 20-year-old uh, woman or are you talking to a, a 50-year-old man, a single, are they here to party, are they here to relax? Uh, what are their the emotions? What do they want? So how do you find the right tone when you're writing list, your listing? Uh, probably on your website. I mean, the way I introduce myself on my website is not it's not it's me, but it's not the real me. It's it's Thibaut, the vacation rental guy. It's not. I mean, I don't talk about some parts of my life because it's not the point. The when I talk about who I am, what I do, for example. I, I only mention the point that would resonate with my targets. I mean, try to find things like make them feel I'm like them maybe a bit, in a bit. I'm a bit like them, we have things in common, and talk about things that should resonate. Even the About Me page has to be about them. That's what I mean. Your About Me page on your site has not about you. It's about them. So talk to them, and when you're talking about yourself, try to find what's important to them, what will make them want to... Uh, in your house or things you can say to make them feel okay and and feel okay to trust you. What can you say that will make them trust you? For example, in the About Me page, I mentioned that I studied in several countries, I've worked in several countries, so I know what it's like to go abroad and travel and and arrive in a, in a foreign country. So I'm like, so you know what? I know what it's like having the, right, the wrong plug, um, not talking the right language, so all my houses are are made to accommodate your needs as an international traveler. That's really, really brilliant advice. And the way that you've said that even the About Me page is actually about them, I love that. That's something that I come across a lot in all sorts of research that I've done. I listen to a lot of business podcasts because I also think that there's a lot of points in business that actually we have a business. Every holiday homeowner has a business and I don't always think that holiday homeowners treat it exactly like that. Sometimes it's maybe treated a little bit more as a hobby and I know that you're now full-time so that's a, a striking difference. A lot of people run this on the side but ultimately it is still a business so that's great business advice for holiday homeowners. If I may add to that point, I think it's a very good point. It is a business. And um, again, podcasts help me a lot. And just, if I may, do. <laughs> point out to another podcast, it's, which is actually 
an entrepreneurship podcast uh, by a guy called Pete Williams. So he's, uh, he's from Australia. I don't know why, but since I've been living in Bali, I, <laughs> I happen to listen to a lot of Australian, Austrian people. But, uh, so it's called Preneur Cast, Preneur like Entrepreneur, Preneur Cast. It's really good because this guy gives advice on how to improve your business. And this guy is just like us. He's just not online, about online business. This guy has a real life business. It's a telco, telco, small telecom business in Australia with real employees, uh, a real office. So it's all about how you can improve your business as a small, uh, a small business owner. And we are small business owners. We have clients, we want to improve our profits. And we want to have repeat guests, repeat customers. And he's, it's very interesting because it's not only about online business, it's really about the whole business. You know, uh, thinking about the renegotiating your contracts with the suppliers, can be with the internet company. It's, again, that's a very good podcast. Yeah. It's just you say it, Elaine. It's, it is a business. And again, I'm always in a position like I have to learn from experts. So I think that's a good point is find mentors or find people you think are good. And it it's, it's, might be advice from outside of the vacation rental world, can be from entrepreneurship. Yeah, I, I very much, very much agree with you. I'm really glad that we've touched on this point. And thank you for the heads up on Pete Williams. I'm definitely going to check that out. I've got so many podcasts that I listen to, but another one, I'm always happy to bring it on, always happy. <laughs> so thanks for sharing that. So in closing, what is your guiding principle that you run your business by and that you could share with owners? I think the motto here is really about knowing that when people rent from you, they don't rent a bedroom, they rent a home. If they were renting a bedroom, they would go to a hotel. They rent a home from you. Uh, so it means that um, imagine that you are hosting friends or family to your place and you actually happen to like your family. <laughs> <laughs> so imagine, imagine you know, all the good things you would do when they arrive so after a long trip and, you know, the special, you know, special drink you would make to them or the special attentions, maybe the uh, uh, little flowers uh, in a vase you would put or the nice little sarong, you know, this piece of cloth kind of burial you would you put in your, in your best friend's uh, bedroom so that she can put it around her waist before going to the pool or... Think about that and treat, the, treat your guests this, the same way because, you know, they, they rent from you. They rent from you. They don't rent from an anonymous hotel chain. And I was reading this the other day. They were talking about, you know, how um, um, you should think your home is a boutique hotel. If you go to I, – I did that on, on, on this Sunday. I went to a boutique hotel here in Bali, and I went to their shop. And I looked at what they were selling because it was very interesting to me. And it was like, because the whole style, the whole thing, boutique hotel, boutique hotels try to be like us. They try to have a personal touch. They try to find unique things to put in the bedroom or even in their hotel shop. So do the same. Just go and visit maybe a boutique hotel nearby next to your place. And you're going to see they try to be more like us, more so than, than hotel chains. So, um, it's a home, treat us at home and, and treat your, your guests as a friend and family. Yeah, good, uh, good, more good advice. I must have said that a lot of times now, but we do keep coming across such great advice. So, Tebo, thank you for sharing all of that with us. Now, 
give us an idea of the best place to get in touch with you and I will make sure everything's linked up in the show notes at holidayletsuccess.com. Um, I think Elaine, the best way is Twitter because I'm, I'm wherever I am uh, around the world at the airport, I do check my Twitter account and I, I share uh, whenever I come across a great resource like your podcast or, or other interesting things. I, I even can be vacation rental tips or entrepreneurship tips that are relevant to our kind of businesses. I share that on Twitter. So I would get people, people just follow me. I would ask people to follow me on, on this Twitter account called Thibaut Sinbad's Valley. Uh, probably look at the show notes, see how it's spelled. <laughs> how it is spelled, but it's Thibaut Sinbad Valley. Uh, it's, uh, again, it's very easy. Just, just follow me there and send me a message. Say hi. I'm always happy to, talk with people. That's absolutely great. Thibaut, I really want to thank you for all your time that you've spent giving us all this exceptional advice from uh, what what is just a, a unique and exceptional business that you've created there. It's It's been a pleasure and a privilege to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you, Elaine. Have a good day. Take care now. And you. Bye for now. Wow, the end of another awesome interview. I'm very, very lucky to have been able to have the opportunity to talk to some of the the best in the vacation rental holiday let industry so far, and long may that continue. So I can continue to share all of this great knowledge with you. Well, I hope you have come away from this interview with some actionable tips that you can go away and apply to your business to the different areas that we discussed today whether that be your website whether that be looking after your team treating them as a team and maybe managing your properties from a distance feedback we really covered quite a lot in this episode and if you want to recap on the things that we discussed either listen again or head on over to holidayletsuccess.com and you can reread everything that we have talked about today the key points at least if you would like to share any of your experiences and be featured in an upcoming podcast, also at holidayletsuccess.com, you can go to the main page and over on the right-hand side, you can click send voicemail. And if you go over there, send me a voicemail, tell me your question or share with me your experience. And I would love to include you in an upcoming podcast episode. So I look forward to hearing from you and chatting to you in a future episode. Thank you so much for listening. Bye for now.